Well, today is the third Sunday of our Global Impact Month. I love the phrase global impact. Don't you just love it? I love this phrase, global impact, but what I love even more is the fact that I get to be a part of having a global impact. Amen. At the Grace Place, we are not satisfied with just having church. Now, don't get me wrong, we love having church. We love it. We love gathering together with one another. We love worshiping together. We love being discipled and being challenged, and we love doing life together. But we love being the church even more. Well, in my first message in this series, I talked about God's heart for missions. Today, I want to talk about our heart for missions. How many of you would agree that if God has a heart for missions, that if we are his children, then we should have the same heart that our Father has? Well, God loved us so much that he sent us his Son. Jesus loved us so much that he came and died for us. And Jesus loves this world so much that on his departure from this world, he sent us to others. In John chapter 20, uh, verses 19 through 21, it says that same, or that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. Suddenly, don't you like that word? Suddenly, Jesus was standing there among them. Peace be with you, he said. As he spoke, he showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side. They were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. Again, he said, peace be with you. And then he said, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Just as Jesus had a heart for us, we should have a heart for others. I want to share three things today about our heart for missions. First of all, I want to say that, that it's a heart of compassion. It's a heart of compassion. You know, if we have the heart of our Father, we will be tender-hearted. Our hearts will be stirred when we see and when we hear about the needs of others. And our tender hearts will not only stir us to feel something, that's sympathy. And, and sympathy is good, but it's not good enough. It's not good enough. We, we should progress from sympathy to compassion. Sympathy feels something. Compassion does something. At the Grace Place, we have captured the heart of Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9, I love this passage. In John chapter 9, verses 35 through 38, it says, Then Jesus went about all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing every sickness and every disease among the people. But when he saw the multitudes... He was moved with compassion for them because they were weary and scattered like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers 
are few. I, I don't know, I can't prove it, but I just wonder if a tear might have been coming down the face of Jesus when he said to the disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest that he would send out laborers into the harvest. The Bible says that when Jesus saw the need, his heart, his heart was stirred. I, I want to ask you this morning, do you see the needs? Do, do you see the needs? Do you see the needs that are, that are absolutely all around you? And they are even far greater in other parts of the world. I've been criticized before for spending so much money and sending so much money overseas when there are so many needs in our own backyard, but obviously you've not been overseas because the needs that are next door pale in comparison to the needs that are in third world countries around our world. Do you see the needs? Do, do, do you see the needs? How about the need of hungry children who, who go to bed every single night with an empty, growling stomach? How about the need of people who, who continually see, oh, their family get sick and eventually die because all they have to drink is dirty, foul, disgusting water? And what about women and children who, who have been captured and are forced to prostitute themselves through sex trafficking? And what about college students? What about college students who, who have been taught all their lives that the Bible is the infallible word of God? And yet when they get to college, they hear their professors mock and ridicule oh, and make fun of the Bible and, and say that it is only a book of outdated fables and that they ought to reject it. And what about pastors in foreign countries that, that do not have a Bible to preach from, a Bible in their own native language. Maybe they have a page or two, or they have absolutely nothing, no Bible whatsoever in their own native language, no study notes to help them understand the Scripture. Can you imagine what must be being preached around the world in the name of the gospel? And how about the three billion people that have never had a proper presentation of the gospel? Most of them have never heard the name Jesus even one time. And how about the orphan? How about the orphan abandoned by or taken from unfit parents? Through no fault of their own, they, they have been passed around from family to family to family. Often the family taking them in is worse than the family they were taken from. And how about those foster children who, who reach the age of 18? They have their 18th birthday, and on their 18th birthday, the pay is cut, and the foster parents no longer get a check from the government for taking care of them. What happens to them then? When Jesus saw the need, he was moved with compassion. At the grace place, we have captured the heart of Jesus. At least most of us have. Have you? Not only is our heart a heart of compassion, but also it's a heart of connection. A heart of connection. 
I can't seem to preach a message on missions without reading Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. So let's read it one more time today. Romans chapter 10, verses 13 through 15. It starts out great where it says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that wonderful? Whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. But verse 14 then says, but how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Because the needs are so great, because there are so many different kinds and various of needs, because of that, because of that, we understand at the grace place, we understand that we can't accomplish our vision alone. Our vision, you well should know by now, is to be caring people, caring for people, and we care for people in two ways. Number one, we care for people by providing care for all of our people. It's not that we just care for the lost. It's not just that we care for the world, but we care for our people. And so we provide care for all of our people. We do this primarily through C groups. But number two, we care for people by partnering with caring ministries around the world. On the screen, you're going to see the names and places of the people we partner with. Approximately 140 missionaries, and you hear me say that all the time, approximately 140 missionaries receive a check from us every single month, but I thought, you know, that's just something we hear, it goes in one ear and without the other, but if I thought if you could see, if you could see the names of, of the missionaries, over 140 of them, and representing over 53 countries, we partner, they're our partners, they're an extension of us. They go, but they go because we send them. Oh, and then there's our partner evangelist, Doug Eccles, who drills water wells and holds massive crusades where, where tens of thousands of people are in attendance and over a million people have come to Christ in his crusades. He's one of our partners. Speed the light. A ministry of our youth which purchases vehicles for our boots on the grounds, missionaries. We don't just send a missionary somewhere and say, good luck. No, when they get there, we, we provide a, a vehicle for them to travel and do their ministry in and speed the light. A ministry of our, of our, of our youth provide that. And then there's BGMC, a missions target of our children. Even now, the littlest of our kids give and get money together however they can. And BGMC, a missions target, oh, which purchases discipleship materials and places them in the hands of our missionaries. We also partner with Chi Alpha, evangelism and discipleship on the secular college campuses because, because our kids leave all oh, the shelter of their home and the shelter of their church and they go to a secular university that is very liberal and very anti-Christ. And so, and so we have missionaries on, on 
secular college campuses, it's called Chi Alpha, oh, to evangelize and disciple and be there for our kids as well. One of the greatest missions fields in America is the college campus, and Chi Alpha is one of our partners. Another mission's emphasis of the Grace Place is the church is church planting targeted especially to places that have never had a Bible-believing church. Villages and towns and cities around the world that have never, ever had an evangelical church, but they do now because of our partners in church planting. Fire Bible, oh, one of my heartbeats, Fire Bible, which places a a full Bible along with commentary, commentary written by our own Assemblies of God uh, Bible scholars. Put that into the hands of tens of thousands of pastors that have never had a Bible before, let alone a Bible with commentary. Give that Bible to that pastor. You ought to see the look on their faces when they receive their very first Bible. And I want to tell you what has happened. You know, about the last three years or so, every time I go to one of these uh, uh, fundraisers for Fire Bible, I'm thinking maybe I need to pull back a little bit on that maybe and distribute some of the money somewhere else. And I'm going to that meeting thinking this is going to be the year that I pull back a little bit. And every time they cut my heart, every time they touch my heart. And one thing that touches my heart more than anything else is is I hear when they present and try and raise funds for the Fire Bible, what is happening, and they say that it is happening in country after country after country after country, once they get that fire Bible in and into the hands of those pastors, so often, so often, the leadership of that country cuts off Christianity and makes it, makes it illegal to be a Christian, illegal to have church. But guess what? Guess what? It's too late. They've already got the Bible, and all they need is the Bible and the Holy Spirit. We partner. Amen. I know you're a whole lot more excited than you look this morning. I I know you got to be. Amen. And the list just goes on and on and on and on. The people that we partner with in our effort to have a global, a global impact. We understand that we can't accomplish our caring vision alone. And so we partner with caring ministries literally around the world. We have a heart of connection. I want you to watch this short video with me this morning. In the most challenging of times, God is always at his best. In the most challenging of circumstances, God's people show what they're made of. They are at their best. I want to just share with you a couple of quick stories about a nation that, well, it'll have to go unnamed. It's a communist nation, a nation that's not open to the gospel and not supportive of churches. As a matter of fact, pastors risk even their own freedom to be able to share the good news of Jesus. One of our missionary heroes who goes there occasionally, not allowed to live in the country, but through connections, he was able to make an appointment with uh, the minister of religion in that nation. Now, don't get excited about that because minister of religion is not a minister, not a pastor. The sole responsibility is to keep the church under control. Our friend walked in, he had a Bible, a fire Bible, like the many fire Bibles that you've provided through the years, through your very generous giving. And he made a presentation to this politician. Like most politicians, she generously accepted that gift, thanked her friend, thought that day was finished when he said, I'd like to get your permission to provide one of these books for every Assemblies of God pastor in this country. 
Once again, the politician came through. <laughs> well, I'd love to give you that permission, sir, but if I did, being a communist nation, we would be required to provide that Bible for every pastor across this nation. My missionary friend, because of your giving in the past, was very able to look forward and say, you know what, we can take care of that. It's not a problem. And when he left that room, he had a signed release to deliver enough fire Bibles for every pastor across this nation. The one that shall go unnamed, but yet the Holy Spirit knows exactly what he's doing. In that same nation, just a few short years later, they thought, well, we've got the church under control. We'll make sure of it one more time. You can pastor your churches. You can be out in the public, but you must have a degree in theology. You must have an education, an accredited degree. Well, it's easy to say that when there's not one school, there's not one class in theology available. About that time, once again, a ministry that you have supported through the years, Global University was in a position with full accreditation to meet every demand of that government. And well, I'm excited to report to you that now hundreds of pastors have received that degree. More than a thousand ministers are, are enrolled in those same classes today and others are lining up to be a part of it. Grace Place, in the most challenging of times, I don't need to tell you, even this past year, it's been a little bit challenging, and yet you've never let up. You continue to press forward. Because you've given, the fire Bibles were available. Because you've supported, the education was provided to pastors that couldn't afford it for themselves, many of whom making less than $25 a month. Grace Place, it's time to do it again. We say thank you, not only for those two particular projects, but the many things that you commit to in supporting your missionaries on a monthly basis, the projects that pastor can respond to when given the opportunity. Never has the church been under a greater challenge than it is today, and never has the opportunity been greater. Thank you for your generous spirit that continues and will continue until Jesus comes. God bless you for it. All right, amen. The devil's a dummy, isn't he? The devil is a dummy. Well, you know, you can't, you can't do that just for your pastors. You're going to have to do it for all the pastors. Well, that's what we want to do. Amen. Isn't God good? Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we're talking about our heart for missions. It's a heart of compassion. It's a heart of, of connection. And, and number three this morning, it's a heart of compulsion. A heart of compulsion. The Great Commission is not a suggestion. It's, it's a command. Jesus said in Mark 16 and 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to everyone. Say go. go. Say into all the world. Go. Say preach to everyone. I ask you this morning, does that sound like a suggestion or does that sound like a command? We have been given an assignment, and I'm going to tell you that we're going to be graded on our assignment. But the truth is, if we genuinely have the heart of our Father, our assignment will not seem like a duty. Rather, it will seem like a privilege. I can't tell you how much satisfaction, how much joy, how much fulfillment that I get, oh, because of my part of the process. This is why, for my wife and I, missions is our number one financial expenditure. 
Our number one expenditure in our budget is missions more than our house, more than our cars, more than any other line item in our budget. Here's how I feel about missions. I believe the cost of neglect is far too high. Mark 16 and 16 says, Jesus said, those who hear the gospel and believe will be saved. And those who don't will be condemned. Hear me, hear me, people. Lost people go to hell. Lost people go to hell. Hell, hell is real. Hell is a place of torments. Hell is for eternity. We still believe that. Oh, I know we don't like to hear it, and very few are willing to say it today, but I'm telling you this morning, hell is still a reality, and people are still going. And I don't know about you, but that's not okay with me. Because we have the message. We have the message, and we have the messengers. All we really need now is the money. Money to send the messengers, money to print the message, money to meet the endless list of needs. I, I, I can't speak for you today, but my heart compels me to give. It's not okay for me to have more all than enough and then not be willing to share. It's not okay. It's not okay that, that, that I have the message that will give people hope and save them from, from eternal punishment. It's not okay that I have the message, but I choose to keep it to myself. It's not okay that I have the ability to alleviate people's hurts and alleviate the needs of so many people and the hardships of so many people. I I have the ability to do it, but I lack the compassion to help them. I don't know about you, but it's not okay for me. The cost of neglect is just too high. In... 1 John chapter 3, 1 John chapter 3, verses 16 through 19, it says, by this we know love, because he, Jesus, laid down his life for us, and we also ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him... How does the love of God abide in him? My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. I make no apologies for what I'm about to say, I'm going to ask you for some of your money. All they ever want at the church is your money. Well, stop going to the grocery store because all they want is your money. Yeah. <laughs> Don't go out to eat after church because all they want is your money. Don't order anything from Amazon because all they want is your 
I'm going to ask you for some of your money, but not for me. I'm not asking for myself. Not for me, but for missions. Not for me, but for the lost. Not for me, but for the hurting. Not for me, but for the needy. I'm going to ask you for some of your money. Money that when placed in the right hands and it's our responsibility as your pastor and, 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 and leadership of this church, it's our responsibility to put the money in the right hands. And believe me, believe me, I pray daily over where to invest our mission's money. It's not frivolously put out there. There's so many hands that are out there, but I pray daily, Lord, please, please, I ask the Lord, how much do I need to be involved in this one and that one and the other one, and should I do this and should I do that, and should I do something? Money, money that placed in the right hands will meet so many various needs and most, most of all present the gospel to people that, that, that would have never, ever heard the gospel all if we had not partnered with someone to share it. Listen, friend, literally millions, I'm telling you, literally millions of people will go to heaven and not to hell because of our heart for missions these past 18 years. Don't you just love being a part of a global impact? Amen. Well, next Sunday, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you for two things. First of all, I'm going to ask you for your best one-time offering for missions. And, and some of you have already given, and I thank you. And some of you have given substantially already. And I want to say thank you for, for giving already. You can give today. You don't have to wait till next week. If it doesn't work next week, you can give the week after. How many know we'll take it anytime you give it? And we'll put it in the right place. Amen. So, so I'm going to ask you for two, two things. First of all, for, a, for your best one-time offering ever for missions. This offering is going to pay all the expenses of global impact. Oh, it's going to bless our speakers. It's going to invest in their special missions project. And our goal is $20,000. And you know what? Last year, in the, right in the middle of pandemic, right in the middle of it, we gave over $30,000 in that global impact month. We can do it again. How many believe God with me? Amen. I'm not asking you to do anything that my wife and I are not going to do. We're going to give $2,000 in this one-time offering. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do next Sunday morning, and that is to make a faith promise for missions. What is a faith promise? It's just what it says it is. It's, it's by faith. We say, Lord, Lord, if you will help me, this is what I will be willing to give to missions, to the Grace Place missions in the next 12 months. And Lord, if you'll give me a figure, Lord, if you'll tell me what it is, I will, with your help, and Lord, when you give it to me, I'll make sure that I, I give it. That's what, it, it's not a pledge, it's not a bill, it's Lord, if you'll help me. This is what, oh, I'd love to do this for missions. Lord, would you help me? And then just see what the Lord will do and how he will help you do uh, what he wants you to do and what you would like to do for, for, for missions. Again, it's not, a, it's not a pledge, it's not a bill, you'll never be billed for it, but, but it's Lord, I'm believing you to help me do this in the next 12 months. I will tell you that when a windfall comes your way, <laughs> don't go to Walmart or go to the <laughs> new car lot. Amen. That windfall was God providing for you. Hello, testing one, two, three. Are you still with me this morning? My wife and I, we're going to make a faith promise as we have for the last several years of $25,000 to be given to the global impact missions 
uh, the Grace Place over the next 12 months. And we're believing God that he's going to help us do it. He has in the past. I believe that he will in the future. Well, the takeaway for the message this morning is simply this. And you've heard me say this before, but it, is, but it bears repeating again. And the takeaway is this this morning. A church that is inward focused is is out of focus. A church that's inward focused, the church that is all about I'm in my, the church is just all about us and spending all of our money on us and you know, how can we make our church better and how can we whatever and all of those things are good and we believe in all of those things and we do all of those things. But listen, we are far more interested on what happens on the outside of the four walls of these churches even than is what happens on the inside, amen? A church that is uh, inward focused is out of focus. And I also believe this this morning, and I won't always be here to tell you this. I tell you over and over, because when I'm gone, I want you to remember this, and that is missions is the best insurance policy a church can purchase. Amen. You talk about insurance policies, the best insurance policy a church can, can, can purchase is missions. Be a missions church, support missions. I thoroughly believe that this church is here today and didn't go away 18 years ago when it absolutely could have. I believe, first of all, there was a remnant of people that held on and just said, no, 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 we're not letting this go. And I, and I commend those people that, were, that, that did that. But I also believe that, that, that God saw in the future and he saw that I'm going to put a man in there that's going to have my heart and and he's going to have my heart and he's going to share his heart with the people and the people are going to get his heart which is really my heart and multiplied millions of people are going to be in the kingdom because of it listen if you want your church to survive 10 years 20 years 30 years on down the road until Jesus comes if you want there to be the grace place or whatever from this body from now on I'm telling you the greatest insurance that you can know that it will be is continue to have God's heart and God's heart is a heart of missions. Amen. I believe this this morning. Take care of God's business and he will take care of your business. Father, I thank you for your wonderful, wonderful word today. God, I thank you, Lord. God, daily I thank you that you trusted me, God, with the vision for this house. God, I, 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 I feel privileged, I feel honored, and I feel grateful, Lord, for the responsibility, Lord, for, for the heart of this house, Father, and the vision of this house. And I thank you that you trusted me, Lord, and you trusted this people, Lord, with this incredible, wonderful, wonderful vision. God, I pray that you'll help us, Father, move forward in accomplishing our vision for the kingdom of God. Your heart is our heart, and we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name.